It's the Blues Rock Show with Pete Francis and Willie Witten. Welcome to the Blues Rock Show. I'm Pete Francis, joined by Willie Witten. Today, our special guest is slide guitar extraordinaire Troy Redfern. He's got a new album coming out August 6th, The Fire Cosmic. Troy, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your background, kind of when you decided, hey, I want to give music a shot and have that be my career. Um, I, you know, my interest in music started really early when I was kind of like around six, you know, and so all throughout my teenage years, um, I was in bands at school and then sort of carried on with that, um, you know, uh, when I left school. And um, so I've always been sort of like performing and, and doing that but but to make a career of it um under my own name that kind of started about five years ago um that's when i decided to you know because i've been playing in different bands and whatnot but the, the conscious decision to say right okay i'm going to do this just under my own name yeah that was that was around five years back so growing up who were you listening to what got you going because your style of music it tends to have a lot of that appalachian sort of country blues roots and i don't think you're from appalachia or at least you don't have the accent for it. <laughs> no no you know i'm a big fan of levon helm you know and his later albums dirt, dirt farmer is such a great album you know that, that really affected me that album um but going back to you know way back i was lucky enough this is pre-internet days when i was a kid you know um to be lent a sun house record um, and before that, you know, I was listening to Jimi Hendrix and, and um, other things, you know, but there was no sort of Spotify, you know, it was it was literally a case of if a friend lent you something, you heard it, or if you were lucky enough to stumble across it in the record shop. And uh, that really changed um, kind of my my headspace and approach. You know, I'd listen to other things like Queen and all the classic rock stuff, you know, um, uh, Deep Purple was a big, a big thing. Um, so yeah, Sunhouse was kind of the gateway really into that kind of music. And um, and then over the years, I discovered different people, you know, um, Fred McDowell. And, I, you know, I think what I'm really drawn to is, you know, the Hill Country Blues music, you know, um, R.L. Burnside and all that cr that crowd of people um, that has always seemed kind of really real and raw. And, you know, um, and they were playing for their local communities originally, weren't they? They were kind of like, you know, doing that, you know, um, so yeah, that's that, that's what informed my sort of style, as well as other things like Johnny Winter, you know. So it sounds to me like you gravitated towards music through friends and the people you hung out with when you say trading CDs. Was there also someone in your family that was sort of a guidepost or that drew you into it, or are you sort of on your own in this endeavor? Um, I've got three older brothers, and the oldest one had a really good vinyl collection, and. Um, he had all sorts of stuff. I remember listening to the fifties Elvis, you know, Scotty Moore sort of playing, you know, when I was a young kid, uh, you know, King Creole, I remember standing out as being a, a, such an amazing track. Um, and he got me into Queen when I was six. Um, I wanted to go and see the movie Flash Gordon and my parents wouldn't take me. So um, he bought me the single, you know, the, the seven inch. And, uh, and that was kind of the first single I bought, you know, of my own, you know, and, and from that moment forward, you know, that kind of like, led me down the path of sort of like wanting to get into music and stuff. So I think that's you know, the root of it. So Troy, obviously you play a lot of slide and I think for a lot of guitar players, slide is very intimidating. So what made you decide, Hey, I want to pick this up. Um, when I was about 17, um, a girlfriend's father um, 
show me how to um, tune a guitar to open tuning and to sort of different types of open tuning, like modal tunings and all sorts. And that really opened that door. You know, I was lucky enough to sort of bump in, you know, to sort of meet that guy. And um, so then I sort of just messed around with it over the over the years. And, and you know, I've discovered certain things that really help if you if you know if someone want, is wanting to get into slide. You know, I would suggest getting, you know a spare guitar just to leave in that tuning and to get some thick strings, you know, because it's all about string tension that, you know, you want something that when you rest the slide on the strings, it isn't going to let, you know, isn't going to push the strings. Nice. So you need a good sort of like um, some good string tension. Um, but I would say, yeah, it was, it was, it was that guy that really, you know, kind of pushed me, you know, down that road really. Do you still experiment? Because from what I hear in so much of your playing, the slide tends to be your default way of conjuring up this cinematic music that you make. Do you still have times where you'll spend an afternoon playing in like a standard e-tuning or have you pretty much always dropping into slide and open tunings first at these, at, in this tape? Yeah, you're right. Most of the guitars I've got scattered around where I'm sitting now, you know, that they're in open tuning, you know, I, I, there's one that I use, you know, that's in standard, but, I feel more comfortable now. I kind of like I feel at home with open tunings, you know, especially the the one that the resonators in, you know, that I use. Um, I've just become really familiar with it, and and for writing, I just think it's a great tool for, for writing. You know, I, I want to go back to just I can still, you know, obviously standard still something that you know, I, I learned to play over the you know when I was growing up, but I feel more at home, you know, on a on a resonator in an open tuning than any, anywhere else. I think. Are there any slide players that have really inspired you? Yeah, um, Fred McDowell, you know, sort of like um, R.L. Burnside, um, Johnny Winter. Um, there's a Canadian guy that's not that well known called Keith Hallett. I don't know if you've heard of Keith, but I'm not he's, familiar with him. No, he's great. He's he's brilliant, and he's you know he's he's not that well known, but he's just a you know a monster sort of guitar player. I think um, even even some of Sean Costello's sort of like occasionally he would play slide. I, I love it. I love his playing. Um, there's so many Denny Wally who played with played with Frank Zappa. He's he's always been a sort of like huge influence, and of course there's people like Ryan Cooder and uh, um, you know Blind Willie Johnson and those guys as well. You know, there's so many. You know, I think you sort of absorb everything, don't you? You know, when you listen to that, that becomes part of your imagination. When you then play, you know, aspects of that may come through. You're playing. You know, I want to ask a little bit about a guitar that you play a lot these days. It's a National Resonator. And I think for a lot of people, this needs to sink in. I believe yeah. it's from the year, and there it is, 1929. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah. So uh... a little quick math, that <laughs> makes that guitar, I believe, 92 years old? A lot yeah, older yeah. than all of us, that's for sure. <laughs> how the heck did you come in, into possession of this, Troy? How did you acquire this? Well, it's kind of, you know, a, a sort of a bit of a funny story, really. Um, I, I've got a couple of other resonators, and um, but I've always been drawn to, I've seen some of these that have this kind of like where the, where the paints come off so you can see the white undercoat. And I always love that kind of look. But you just don't see them come up. You know, I've, I've got watches on eBay and Reverb and all these kind of sites. So I'm always, you know, searching. Probably been watching, looking for about 10 years for, for something like this. And uh, I was on Reverb and one day, this one came up in Germany and I was like, my God, that's, that's the guitar. That is, that's what I've been searching for. 
So I kind of looked around the room thinking, what can I sell to get this guitar? Because you know, <laughs> <laughs> can that one go? Can this one go? And, um, and I put a watch on it. And the next day I went straight back on and it gone. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because the one thing, if you see something that's rare and you don't jump on it, you know, you're not going to get another one come up for another 10 years, maybe, you know. So a couple of months went by. I just forgot about it. I was really angry and cross that I, you know, just sorted out immediately. Um, and it was my birthday. And um, my partner, Emma, um, made me close my eyes and sort of like brought this pack, this package and put it on the, on the, on the side. And I opened my eyes and I could tell it was a guitar wrapped up. And I'm like, geez, you know, that's but what, what I first thought was, you know, buying a guitar for someone can be a bit of a dodgy thing. Cause you know, they're very specific things on the instruments. I thought, Oh no, you know, I wonder what this is, you know, how am I going to respond to this? Opened it up and there's the resonator in there. And I was just like, you know, I, I was completely speechless. I didn't know what the. So this specific one. So she scooped you. She scooped it, yeah, because I, I told her that I'd seen this guitar, you know, and I've, I've got to sell stuff, you know, tomorrow, you know, and I've got to sort it out. And yeah, she did it. It was lucky that it was good because it, you know, she'd been sitting on it for two months. So if there was something wrong with it, she couldn't have probably sent it back to the guys in Germany, you know. But uh, luckily, it was all good. So I was, you know, I was blown away. And you know, it's one, that, and it's it's my number one guitar, and it's the, the sentimental value and just the way it sounds, you know. I, you know, it's just gonna, it's the one I, I'll keep with me to the day I die. Yeah. I think, you know. Lucky man. So let's luck. talk about the, uh, the new album coming out on August yes. 6th, The Fire Cosmic. One thing that I thought was pretty interesting was you're actually doing a lot of the art that's involved with this album. Can you kind of talk about that and, and, and kind of your background there? Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a huge comic book fan. When I was a kid, you know, that was the kind of job I'd like to you know, have done. You know, I was into art and at school and whatnot. And, uh, and I've you know collected sort of comics and um, and I've always messed around sort of drawing and, and doing things, um, but you know never anything too serious. So anyway, when it came to getting the um, artwork for the new album, I initially commissioned someone from um, from Brazil to do it. Um, and around the same time, I'd started um, sort of doing more of that artwork, and um, I finished this one. I've actually got it right here because the vinyl just arrived today, so. I kind of, um, I started working on this just as a bit of fun, really, because, you know, I wanted to use like a cosmic 60s background and put myself in there with a resonator. And I kind of like, I thought, you know, I like it, but, you know, I, I tested it on social media. I just put it up there and thinking, oh, is this a good idea even to put it up there? And the response was great, you know, to it. Um, and it surprised me. It really, you know, surprised me. Um, so then I thought I'd do some more. So I did one for Bumblefoot. And he put it up and Satriani and, and Richie Coates and were liking it, you know, on there. So I thought, okay, right. I'm going to, so I canceled the guy to do the artwork and I just uh, did the lot. And I got a guy called Sam Hales to kind of like arrange it for the, for the vinyl, you know? Um, so yeah, I didn't plan on doing it. And, but then I just thought, yeah, this is getting a good response, you know, let's go with it. So now that you mentioned uh, Satriani, let me ask, did the, uh, the original artwork, of surfing with the alien give you any sort of inspiration? Because there's, like you said, there's a little bit of that. The album is called The Fire Cosmic. It's got yeah, yeah. a little bit of old and a little bit of the future in it as well. Yes, yeah. And that was that was something that when I had done the artwork and you know, there was talk about me using it for the album, I, you know, it was just tying up the music to the visual, you know, so I wasn't sure. But yeah, uh, you know, what Satriani is referencing there is, is you know, uh, Jack Kirby and the Silver Surfer and all that kind of stuff 
and I'm a huge fan of all that. And when I was a kid, you know, Surfing with the Alien was a massive album to me. I was about 16 when I heard that, or maybe 15, 16, whatever it was. So that's always in the back of, in the back of my mind. But it was more a homage to Jack Kirby than Satriani. You know, it's my love of, of the comic artist Jack Kirby. I think that that what you know that sent me down that path. You know. Speaking again of the visual aesthetic to this album, you released a couple of music videos. Yeah, uh, yeah. Waiting for Your Love and also Ghosts. And I want to talk about those two because they seem to come from different styles, as in Waiting for Your Love seems to be more of the rock ethos. And yeah, yeah. the Ghosts video seems to have more of that Troy Redfern blues cinematic quality. You got a little bit of both on this new album. What sort of pushed you a little bit into some of the more rock aspects here? Well, before I started recording the album, I, I did complete demos. You know, uh, well, they were more than demos. They were almost like finished products like I would have released normally, you know. Um, and they were more open sounding. They were kind of more rockabilly or just, you know, with the drums had, had more air around them. And um, and then I decided to get um, a producer in, a guy called uh, Paul Wynn Stanley. Um, and he normally sort of produces more heavier music or more rock orientated music. And um, I also uh, enlisted um, Darby Todd to play drums and Dave Marks to play bass. And when we, you know, cause I sent those guys the demos, there was no rehearsal. So we went to the studio completely dry, you know, so I you know, didn't know what was gonna happen really. And, um, and Darby's a rock player, you know, he can play all sorts, he can play jazz. He's just one of these, you know, he's just an amazing, talents really but his delivery was rock so the the drum you know and as you as you know when you know when you're recording the the drums kind of set the tone for everything else you layer on top of that um and the way i felt about it you know i, I you know I, I wasn't involved with the mix or anything like that that was paul um but it was it was just i think it was just a nice crossover you know, production wise, because some folks that wouldn't normally listen to what I do may listen to the rockier end of things, you know, and vice versa, you know. So I think, you know, he did a great job sort of like, you know, making it sound modern, but, you know, you've still got the sort of like, you know, waiting for your love. It's, it's really like a Johnny Hooker boogie, really, but with a modern sort of rock production on top of it, you know. Well, the new album comes out on August 6th. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Um, no, you know, you can, it's, it's available from my website. So if you go to TroyRedfern.com, um, you can find it there. You can pre-order, uh, I can send you a signed copy or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm out over here with Robert John of the Wreck in September. Um, so there's nine dates for those guys. So just looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Troy. We appreciate it. No, thanks, thank you. No, thank you for having me guys. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the Blues Rock Show. For Troy Redfern and Willie Witt, and I'm Pete Francis. We'll see you next time. <laughs>